SEP Fanfic Readings presents Finding Hermione by Ebook Dragon Chapter 25 Reawakening December 31st Draco came awake slowly and was greeted by the sounds of crying. Just his luck, he seemed to have returned to the land of the living just in time for his funeral. His body seemed not to want to comply with his commands. He couldn't seem to open his eyes or speak to console whoever was crying. His hands remained stubbornly at his sides, when all he wanted to do was reach out to the person crying over him. The memory of the choice he'd had to make made him want to sink back down into sleep. He wasn't ready to face the world without Hermione in it. He wasn't ready to face the grief, his own and their children's. How was he going to go on now? How was he supposed to find a way to live without her? How was he supposed to find a way to raise the children without her? They would be devastated. The children probably already were devastated. Scorpius, who longed for a mother, and for a short time found the mother he wanted. Minerva and Rose, who lost the only stable parental figure in their lives before he came into the picture. How was he to help them with their grief when he knew his own would consume him? Whoever was crying seemed to be convinced that he was dying or dead. The soul-racking sobs were heartbreaking. He desperately wanted it to stop— or he feared he would join in. He wanted to convince the person weeping over him that he wasn't dying, but the effort of just breathing in and out seemed to be taking all the concentration he could muster. Draco froze as the sobbing person spoke for the first time. "'Please, Draco,' she begged in the warm, slightly husky voice that he would have sold his soul to hear one more time just minutes ago. Or maybe it was hours. Days? How long has he been out? It didn't matter. He was back and she was alive.' Hermione. He focused all his energy on at least getting his voice to work. Please, Draco, please wake up. Don't leave me. I don't want to have to go on without you, she begged. Her pleas resonated with him. He'd had to make the same choice, mistakenly thinking that she was already gone. She was alive. He hadn't failed after all. He wasn't going to have to figure out what life would be like without her. He wasn't going to have to try to figure out how to raise the girls without her in their lives. Hermione, my love, my soul, I'm here. Give her something to let her know you're alive, you idiot. Twitch, something, anything. He felt his hand grasped and lifted. Hermione's soft, damp lips brushed across his knuckles. Her tears landed on his hand and ran down his arm. He felt himself getting fuzzy like his body wanted to slip back into sleep. He fought the urge. He needed her to stop crying. I love you, she whispered against his hand. Come back to me, Draco. Those words, those sweet words he thought he'd never hear, surged through him and sang in his veins. Draco knew Hermione loved him. Neither had said the words before, but he knew, just as he was aware that she knew that he loved her. He focused on trying to squeeze the hand she grasped. He must have succeeded on some level because he heard her startled gasp above him. His hand was put up to her cheek again, and fresh tears ran down his fingers. Draco? "'My love, can you hear me?' she choked out. "'My knee,' he managed to croak out in a hoarse whisper. His hand was dropped and flopped uselessly on the bed beside him. Hermione's weight crashed across his chest, and her arms were flung around his neck, hugging him so hard he thought he might suffocate. Her kisses rained down across his face and lips. It felt glorious and, oh, so painful. The pain of her on his chest was unbearable, and he let out a groan of pain.' Instantly she was gone, and he whimpered in protest, wanting to feel her touch again. 
Oh, my God, I'm so sorry, she said, raining kisses down across his face. The feel of her lips against his skin mingled with her tears. I love you, I love you so much. Don't ever do that to me again, Draco. Draco tried to let out a laugh at her stern admonishments, but it came out more of a croak. Let me get you some water, she said, kissing his forehead once more before he felt her heat move away from him. He heard the sounds of water being poured into a cup, then he felt a straw against his lips. He took a slow sip, and the cool water washed the cotton from his tongue and throat. Her free hand traveled over him, through his hair and down his face. He hummed in appreciation and wanted to purr and push himself into her touch like a cat seeking affection. "'Love you, too,' he managed to say hoarsely. He couldn't open his eyes, and oh, how he wished he could. He wanted to see Hermione's face the first time he told her he loved her. He wanted her face to be the first he saw after this whole ordeal. After everything, though, he would settle for hearing her voice and feeling her touch against him. He would take anything he could get. The relief of knowing she was still alive was so great. The effort to talk was draining him, and he would be out again soon. He could feel the blackness of sleep trying to claim him again. Sleepy, he managed to get out. He didn't want to pass out again and worry her that he was going to die. "'Of course, my love. You need to rest and heal,' she said, kissing him again on the lips. "'Not dying. Give everyone my love. Don't worry,' he said with difficulty as sleep started to pull him under again. "'I'll tell them. Sleep now. I love you,' she said against his mouth." He managed to open his eyes later. He didn't know how long he'd been out this time. Time still didn't really matter. He managed to blink the haze from his eyes and found Harry sitting in a chair with his feet propped up on the corner of Draco's bed and his chin resting on his chest. Draco drifted back down to sleep. The next time he drifted up from unconsciousness was to find Astoria sitting in the chair beside his bed. How was she here, and when had she aged so much? Draco? she said. The voice wasn't quite right. Neither was the hair, now that he thought about it. So cruel, Tori, he said quietly, wanting her to know that he was not amused that she hadn't made his choice easier by telling him that Hermione wasn't dead. He saw her shift and look at her as his eyes drifted shut again. Did he just call me? Greg was pacing around his room his next time resurfacing into consciousness. The sound of a vase crashing to the floor was what startled him out of his sleep, followed by a string of colorful swear words that would have done a backroom brawler proud. "'Trying to sleep here,' Draco groused at his friend. Greg jumped like a scalded cat at the sound of his voice. Draco couldn't help but the snort of laughter that escaped. "'Sorry,' said Greg, looking a little ashamed and thoroughly bored. "'Not used to you waking up. Go back to sleep.' "'Sounds like a plan,' Draco murmured as he let sleep overtake him again." "'He's just being dramatic,' Blaze whined. "'This is just like that time he got eaten by a hippogriff.' "'Blaze,' Tracy said irritated. "'Let him sleep. "'The healer says he's healing well and should start coming around for longer soon, "'and he obviously didn't get eaten by a hippogriff.' "'The way he went on about it, you would have made you think he did,' Blaze said. "'Honestly,' Tracy said, now sounding exasperated. "'I think you're the dramatic one here.' "'But I'm bored.' Blaze whined. His tone turned suggestive then. Come over here and keep me entertained. If his friends started having sex in his hospital room, he was going to throw something at them. 
He drifted back off before he could hear if Tracy turned Blaze down. Hopefully so. He didn't want to think about that going on in the same room as him. Draco, I know you're awake. The sound of his mother's no-nonsense voice brought him fully out of the in-between state of dreaming and wakefulness. He'd been dreaming about Astoria. He could hear her laughing voice as he yelled at her for not telling him that Hermione wasn't dead. She had calmly pointed out that she'd never told him that Hermione was dead. He'd assumed that. But everything was fine now, and he really should be grateful to her for urging him to go back to the land of the living. "'Draco, wake up!' his mother said more sharply. Draco slowly opened his eyes and found the distressed and haggard appearance of his mother, standing beside his bed. She seemed to have aged ten years in the time he'd been out of it. She had dark bags under her eyes. Her usually pale, translucent skin now seemed gray. "'I love you, Mum,' Draco said, needing those to be the first words she heard from him. She breathed a deep sigh of relief and then leaned over to kiss his forehead. The gesture was oddly reminiscent of when he was little and stuck in bed sick. She grasped his chin and looked into his face, her piercing blue eyes full of worry. "'Oh, my precious boy, I love you so much!' Her face turned fierce then, and she smacked him lightly on the shoulder. "'Don't you ever scare me like that again!' "'I'm sorry, Mum,' Draco said, wincing dramatically at her smack that wasn't hard enough to swat a fly. He looked around the room, trying to take in his surroundings for the first time. Uncomfortable gray chairs were on either side of his bed— a cot was along the wall to the left of the single white pillow, and gray blanket tucked around the white sheets. Along the wall on the right were a gray leather love seat and the door to the room. The wall in front of his bed had a long table running along it, covered with flowers and pictures drawn by Rose and Albus, the only color in an otherwise gray room. "'Where am I?' Draco asked. "'Private room in St. Mungo's,' his mother answered, walking over to the table of flowers and pulling dead stems out of the bouquets. He knew she was using the flowers as an excuse to get control of her emotions. "'Mum, come sit with me. Talk to me,' Draco said. "'I could use some water if you've got to do something.' She took a deep breath, and Draco heard the catch in her breathing. His mother busied herself with filling a glass for him. She brought the glass over to him. His hands shook as he tried holding the glass and bringing it to his lips. His mother steadied his hand by covering it with her own and helping him take a sip of water. "'How long have I been out of it? What day is it?' Draco asked. Eight days, four hours, and about fifteen minutes. It's about nine-thirty at night on December thirty-first. She answered like she'd counted every single minute he'd been in the hospital. "'Where are Hermione and the children?' he asked, reaching out and taking his mother's hand. "'They're at the manor,' she answered, looking down at their clasped hands. "'Along with nearly all your friends.' The Zabinis, Goyles, Knots, and Potters have been at the manor taking turns watching over the children and sitting with you. The Longbottoms stop by for a few days during Christmas. Luna comes and goes from here and the house. She seemed the least concerned by your comatose state, infuriating girl at times. Weasley, he asked. His mother tightened her grip on his hand and pursed her mouth in distaste. Currently in a holding cell under the Ministry. The door to his room opened. Draco turned his head in the direction of the door. He smiled as he saw Hermione walk into the room. She was wearing dark blue yoga pants with a baggy green and silver quitted shirt that looked to be one of his from school. She smiled back at him as she took in that he was awake and alert. Her smile was glorious and radiant. He felt it warm him all the way to his toes. 
He reached out his free hand for her, and she walked over to him eagerly and took his hand in hers. He ran his hand up her arm and cupped her cheek. He weakly drew her down to him. He could feel his hand shaking as he tried to hold it to her cheek. Hermione leaned in and kissed him softly, a feather-light brush of her lips across his. "'I love you,' he murmured against her mouth. "'I love you, too,' she whispered back. She leaned back and sat down beside him, holding his hand. His mother looked across the bed at Hermione. "'Are the children asleep?' she asked. "'Yes,' Hermione answered, looking between him and his mother like her eyes were always drawn back to him. "'They're all nestled together like puppies in the nursery.' I had to give Minerva a bit of dreamless sleep potion. Why? Draco asked. Both Hermione and his mother looked apprehensive. Finally, Hermione spoke. She's been having nightmares since it happened. She stunned Ron when she saw you on the floor, bleeding, and me trying to save you. Ron seemed like he was about to attack again, and she stunned him and knocked him unconscious. Topsy whisked her away right after she cast the spell, so she's been afraid the whole time that you're dead, and were lying about it. Draco let go of their hands and made to sit up on the bed. He looked around to see if he could find his wand somewhere. Hermione stood up and pushed back on his shoulder. "'Whoa, whoa, whoa, where do you think you're going?' she asked. "'I'm going home. You're drugging Minerva because she thinks I'm dead. I'm not going to lay her in a hospital bed while she goes through that. While they all go through that.' Draco was panting from the exertion of trying to sit up and flopped back on the bed. "'Damn it!' he shouted in frustration. He was starting to get pissed about being an invalid right now. He needed to go home. He needed to be with his kids. He'd broken Minerva's trust by pressuring her to go to her father's house, and now she was traumatized and having nightmares, because she'd had to attack her father to protect her mother and him. The overwhelming sense of failure threatened to engulf him again. "'They're asleep right now. Now that you're alert, we'll bring the children here first thing in the morning,' his mother said, stroking his arm and trying to get him to calm down. Draco took three deep breaths. He didn't need them worrying any more about him than they already had. Fine, he replied sullenly. His mother got up out of her seat and sent it back into a corner by the cot with a flick of her wand. I think I'll be going now, she said, since I'll be back early tomorrow with the kids. She bent down and kissed him on the forehead again. I love you, my precious boy. Love you, Mom, he answered with a sleepy yawn, suddenly exhausted. His mother hugged Hermione tightly and kissed her forehead, too. The door closed behind her with a soft click. "'Why am I so tired?' he asked Hermione, yawning again. "'And weak.' "'Ron hit you with a sectum semper curse.' "'I figured that much. I don't remember it hurting this much the last time,' Draco said. Hermione sighed and wiped away a tear. "'Harry didn't know what he was hitting you with, and the curse wasn't as drastic. Professor Snape also knew the counter curse the last time since he created the spell,' and you healed rather quickly afterward. It took us two days to find the countercurse among his papers, two days of them working just to keep you alive since the wound wouldn't close. She choked out a sob as she said the last part. Her lip trembled and tears leaked down her face. You bled profusely, and the healers had to keep pumping you with blood-replenishing potions and blood transfusions until we could find the countercurse, Hermione finished, and her face crumpled so she let loose a great hiccuping sobs. Tears threatened to overwhelm him as he listened to her cry. "'Hey, stop crying, please,' Draco pleaded desperately. "'Wide in the bed and come lay with me.' "'I don't want to hurt you,' she said, still sniffling into a handkerchief. "'It doesn't hurt that much any more,' he said, only partially lying. "'I need you. I need to feel you against me. 
I need to smell you around me. If I thought I could manage, I would be begging you to let me make love to you, Draco said with a laugh. Hermione snorted. You must be on the mend if you're thinking of sex. Please, Draco pleaded again. Widen the bed and come sleep beside me. She couldn't resist his desperate pleading. Just like he knew, she wouldn't be able to. He wasn't lying, though. He did need to feel her around him. He needed the solidness of her presence to reassure him that she was real and alive. She widened his bed and pulled the blanket and pillow off the cot. She gingerly climbed into the bed beside him, so very carefully not to jostle him. He could feel himself drifting off to sleep again as she settled beside him. He grasped her hand and brought it to his lips, brushing a soft kiss across her knuckles. I'm sorry I'm so tired. I just want to stay up all night and talk to you, but I'm so sleepy. He yawned large enough to pop his jaw. She tucked the covers up around him, just below the bandage across his chest. Go back to sleep. I love you. I love you too, he murmured sleepily. He came wide awake some time the next morning. The healer, an unassuming man with a balding speckled pate and a friendly face covered by a scraggly red beard and green robes, was bent over him removing the bandages off his chest. The healer seemed to realize he was awake and looked up smiling. "'Good morning. I heard you were floating in and out of consciousness, but every time I checked on you, you was asleep. I'm Hilda McNair, by the way,' the healer said in a soft Scottish brogue. "'McNair?' Draco asked quietly. He knew the name McNair very well. This man obviously wasn't him because Draco knew for a fact that Walden McNair was dead. The healer gave him a wary look. The man obviously had to deal with suspicion as part of his everyday life. Angus McNair. Yes, he was my cousin. No, I'm not a Death Eater. Nor have I ever been. Now that all that squared away, are you still comfortable with me being your healer? The wizard said in a bored tone. Draco felt a little sorry for the man. The suspicion Draco dealt with on a regular basis was almost justifiable in his opinion. He'd made bad decisions in his youth and hurt people. His family had developed a reputation that would probably take generations of hard work to eradicate. Draco turned his forearm up to expose the faded dark mark. I'm not in a position to judge. You didn't refuse to treat me, as others have in the past. Plus, you've managed to keep my sorry ass alive this long. The healer seemed to bristle at the knowledge that someone would refuse to treat him, and started spluttering about oaths and their job being to heal, not act as judge, jury, and executioner. "'Others will always judge me for my choices I made as a scared sixteen-year-old,' Draco said in a matter-of-fact voice. Draco looked down, and at the sleeping witch beside him, snuggled into his side, facing away from him with her arms wrapped around his arm that was wedged between her breasts. Healer McNair caught his look. If he disapproved of Hermione sleeping in his hospital bed with him, he wisely kept his mouth shut about it. Draco looked down at his exposed chest and saw his wound for the first time. A deep red slash ran across his chest from armpit to armpit, just below his collarbones. He realized how lucky he was to have survived it all. The placement of the wound also made him tighten his hold on Hermione, and he realized how much she hadn't failed that day. All things considered... Throwing himself into the line of fire wasn't the most idiotic thing to do. "'You're healing very well now,' McNair said, leaning close to expect the area. "'Are you in any pain?' he asked, palpating the area. Draco winced and hissed in pain. "'A little.' "'Sorry,' he said matter-of-factly, still examining the area. "'I can give you some pain potion if you like.' "'No, thanks,' Draco said. He didn't want to be asleep or woozy when the kids came by.' 
maybe after they left if he felt he needed it. The healer looked at him curiously. Are you sure? Yeah. My kids are coming over for the first time today, and I don't want to be out of it, Draco explained. McNair reached into his pocket and took out a tin with a blue-tinged paste in it. Ah, I'll check with you after they leave, then, McNair said, nodding in understanding, rubbing his chest with the cream and replacing the bandage with a new one. At Draco's curious look, he explained, Healing creams. It helps the skin and the muscle repair itself and relieves the pain. You'll have a scar, but I think it'll be very similar to the ones you already have. He gestured over his shoulder to a bag in the corner. Your mum brought you some clothes last night. Your wound is closed now, but the skin and tissues under are still very tender. The cream will help with the pain if you get jostled a little. Thanks, Draco said sincerely. When can I go home? In a couple days, I think. I want to monitor you for a while before I send you home, the healer answered seriously. Draco considered arguing with the man. He opened his mouth with the intention of arguing with him. He didn't want to be stuck here any longer than he had to be. But the healer was giving him a look that meant the battle would be fruitless, and he would call in reinforcements if necessary. He closed his mouth and decided to pick his battles. McNair, realizing that he wasn't going to have to fight with Draco and his decision, relaxed a little. Why don't you try to get some more sleep before she wakes up? I know she hasn't been sleeping that much in the last several days, so more rest is in order for both of you. How bad was it? Draco asked, looking down at Hermione again, really noticing for the first time the bags under her eyes. I threatened to dose her tea with dreamless sleep potion if she didn't stop pestering me and lay down on the cot and tried to sleep, McNair answered with a chuckle. They must have all had a rough time of it, Draco mused, looking down at Hermione and remembering his mother's haggard appearance and finding Harry sleeping in his chair. The healer looked speculatively at him. The first two days were the worst. He looked over at Draco and Hermione and whispered almost inaudibly, Don't tell her I said this, but if they hadn't found the countercurse when they did, you wouldn't have made it. Your heart was failing from the stain. He took a deep breath and continued at a louder whisper. Once we administered the countercurse, you fell into the coma. We administered the potions and monitored you. You started at healing, and I recommended not forcing you from the coma thinking that you would wake up when your body was sufficiently healed. Draco couldn't take it all in. He just nodded dumbly at the healer and choked out, Thanks. For everything. McNair squeezed his shoulder. Get some rest. Draco decided to take the healer's advice and sunk back into sleep. His dreams were troubled by thoughts of all the stress and worry his friends and family had gone through during this ordeal. He could feel himself burning with anger at Weasley, Draco had promised Weasley that he would make him pay if Weasley ever did anything to hurt Hermione or the girls. Weasley would pay, and Draco would ensure that they never worried about the bastard again.